0: I gotta get on that internet. I'm late on everything.
1: You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. We know each other. He's a friend from work.
0: Now the blueberry is one that can't work on its own. It has to have something with it, like the kiwi. It's a uh, not a a standalone, standalone fruit.
1: Hey, bodies, oof, oof, does that intro cut quickly, whoo, I'm going to have to fix that. Um, hey, bodies, it's uh, good to have you. Thanks for tuning in to The Void with the D-Man. Um, this is uh, very exciting for me, this is something I've wanted to do for a very, very long time. Uh, my whole life, uh, I've been a uh, radiophile as some would say. And uh, this is just something that I've had on my to-do list for a very, very long time, my my passion list. So very excited to be uh, actually starting it. Now, what is this? This is The Void. Um, As I said, I'm a radio guy. Um, Howard Stern, a personal hero of mine, he says that uh, Radio is the ability to create from the void. And that's kind of what I want to do here. You know, I'm this is by, by no means radio. This is a podcast. I'm speaking into a computer. But <laughs> um that that's what this is. I'm uh, I'm creating from the void. Here, let me give you an let me give you a taste. Ready? One, two, three. Oof. Do you see how butt awkward that quiet is? So uh, that's that's what uh, that's what I'm setting out here to do to do here. I'm setting out to create from nothingness. Um, I grew up listening to radio. I'm from Washington D.C., Washington D.C., um, and I did that f- from well, I, I grew up from uh, the time I was a child to about 17, 18. I left to go sow my roots, but uh, during that time, I listened to a lot of radio. I actually had. My prize possession was a little blue children's radio, and it was AM/FM. It was made by GE General Electric. It was made by uh, GE, and it was called the GE Safe Light Radio. It might have even be called, been called the GE Safe Light Radio Two. And what it was, was this, it was this little blue box with obviously a radio dial, volume, all that stuff, and uh, it was a nightlight as well. And it, was, it depicted, the face of this nightlight depicted a crescent moon and some stars and a little mouse, I believe he was wearing pajamas, striped pajamas, hanging from uh, the moon. And I listened to that thing every night. I burnt it out. No longer worked by the time I was probably about 15, 16. And uh, I I listened to it from probably I was five or six years old, about 10 years. And that was my favorite thing to do. Stay up late at night. Didn't have the TV on or anything like that. I just scanned the radio stations. Um, And I wasn't a music guy. I liked hot talk guy talk radio. Um, And because I was living in a major market... I got all of the great syndication, so I got Stern, Opie and Anthony. Um, we obviously had our local guys, Don and Mike, the Junkies, um, all those guys. Elliot in the morning was a big deal in the morning uh, in Washington D.C. when I was growing up. So and uh, and the Greaseman. The, the Grease Man, Grease, ah, flabbity flu. gibbly gabbly, gibbly gabbly, gibbly gabbly. Um, if you don't know what that is, good for you. I <laughs> this is not <laughs> This is not a fanhood, a life uh that I wish on anyway. Uh trying to chase their radio dreams. Everything's been dead for a decade. Um but I loved all those guys. Specifically, I found around When did they get to WJFK? Ron and Fez got to WJFK. Um nights, 2003, 2004, they did their show, I believe it was 8 to 9 p.m., so my dad was already asleep, my dad worked early in the morning, so I pretty much had free range in my house, you know, from, he would normally go to bed around 7.30, 8 o'clock, wake up at 2, and well, not, probably even earlier, and uh, go to work, so I was able to uh, do whatever I wanted, I listened to a lot of radio, and I listened to Ron and Fez. And they did this night show at WJFK in Washington, in Washington DC, um, called "The Fastest Hour in Radio." Ron, probably the funniest person that there's ever been a microphone in front of, Fez, the the greatest radio personality character of all time, uh, and these two had whatever lightning in a bottle is, like whatever that feeling is, whatever that emotion you feel towards something that just electrifies you, that's what they had. And they had it with me. Um, that's actually <laughs> in the intro, you hear somebody talking about, uh, blueberries, that's Fez. So if you thought that was awkward and funny, maybe, uh, look that up on YouTube, Ron and Fez, uh, bits, but I grew up listening to that stuff and you know, there's a reason that stuff isn't on the radio today. um, it's cheaper to just have, you know, digital tracks of the same 16, 17 songs playing over and over again. And it's also less controversial. You're not going to get anybody canceled or have anybody lose their job um, by just playing the same songs. Even though uh, I think some of the songs are that are played on the radio are a little bit more risque than they should be. Uh, and if we're going to cancel old radio guys for trying to be funny maybe we should cancel some people talking about their vaginas on music anyway <clears throat> that's neither here nor there i remember um i i i i just wanted to i just wanted to seek out radio i just wanted i wanted to know it i wanted to be a part of it um i remember <laughs> this is going way back this is deep deep in the woods um, for radio in Washington, D.C., uh, there was a station. Uh, it was the pop music station at the time, kind of adult contemporary pop. Uh, Z104. Now it is El Zol, I believe. And uh, now it's uh, Latino music, I believe. But um, when I was growing up, it was Z104, and it was the local pop adult contemporary station, and they had a pretty good morning show and the morning show was hosted by of all people <laughs> Brett Haber of Tennis Channel fame so if there's anybody out there who is a tennis fan that guy who uh does the pre and post match uh shows on the tennis channel Brett Haber he uh he did the he did the morning talk show his co-host was named Aaron something i cannot remember but they did the silly little radio bits and um They replayed the show uh, over the week. They replayed the show in the morning on Z104 on the weekends. And uh, before sports, or um, if it was out of season, me and my brother, we would be playing video games, and we'd be listening to Z104, Brett and Haber, uh, uh, Haber and Aaron in the morning, is what it was called. Well, anyway, I tell you that to tell you this, I... (laughs) At the age of, oh, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12, I begged my dad to take me to the Dulles Town Center. uh, Or, no, I'm sorry, not the Dulles Town Center, the Dulles Expo Center, uh, which is across from the Dulles Town Center. And uh, I wanted to go to some kind of, it wasn't the gun show, but it was something something even worse than the gun show and the nation's gun show. There's something even like weirder for an 11 year old boy to want to go to because Brett Haber was going to be there with, uh, with the, with his, with his desk microphone. And he was going to be doing a little radio straight from it. And I was like, I gotta see it. I gotta go and see that happen. Um, so I went and it wasn't, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a lot. It wasn't. There wasn't a lot of cool um stuff to see It's just some guy talking into a microphone, but I remember just thinking it was the greatest thing ever and um I'm meeting this guy at eleven years old, and I can't keep it in my pants I just i i I gotta suck his dick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep it in my pants. I gotta. I gotta tell him. I gotta tell him. Oh man, I listen to you all the time. Do you remember that joke that you told to uh, Dane Cook when you had him on? Blah 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 blah. All that stupid shit that a um a fanboy would uh would would say and 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 all that kind of stuff. They. they uh, I remember one time speaking of radio. Um. I remember one time he and Aaron were. Interviewing LeVar Arrington, who had a pretty successful radio show on uh, WJFK later after it flipped to a sports talk with Chad Dukes, another hero of mine. But I remember they had, I remember this specifically, I have big feet, and um, they had LeVar Arrington. Uh, Haber and Aaron had LeVar Arrington when he was still playing for the Redskins on the show, and uh, they asked, what are your measurements, and what are your shoe size? And he said, uh, he said, my shoe size is 16 triple E. Um, and at that show, I was like, do you remember when Lavar was on the, the, the radio with you guys, and Aaron asked him his shoe size, and then she laughed because she thought he had a big dick? I remember saying that, and I remember Haber just going, God, this kid is going to skin my face and wear it as a mask for halloween i i know that's what he was thinking so i learned a very important lesson that day and that's act like you've been there before so if if you haven't been humbled with that lesson yet uh i highly highly suggest you do um but yeah coming from washington dc there was just so much talent so much radio talent that i could listen to uh day in and day out um and I miss that you know I you know there was a time when radio was regional and it was fun um and you had guys in kind of every big area um and as you you know if you were doing a road trip to the United States, you could literally flip from one station to another once you got to a new uh signal and you'd have you got you know, you obviously you had Stern in New York, along with, along with Imus and all those guys. Obviously, those were nationally syndicated, but the regionality of it I loved for some reason. I don't know why. But yeah, you had Stern in uh, New York, Imus in New York, all those guys. You had uh, Bubble the Love Sponge down in Florida, Ron and Fez in Florida for a, a long a long portion of the time. Um, in in DC, you had Don and Mike the Junkies, um, Mike you know Mike O'Meara, people like that. Um, and as you went out West, you know, you got Western radio was a little different. Um, Western radio was super different and I'm specifically talking about like the West coast. Um, everything ran out of LA and, and, and that's really where syndication was king. Um, and it was all, it was all very, very based in music out there. So there wasn't a lot of, that might actually be one of the reasons talk, Kind of fell off, uh, like traditional talk. I think I think talk radio is just a very East Coast thing, um, whereas music and more rigid produced shows were that's that's a, that's a that's an LA thing, a West Coast thing, an out West thing. Not to say there weren't great radio hosts out west but they, it just wasn't the same as as in the east where literally every market almost like sports teams had their guys uh their guys and girls um but uh k-rock I, there's a time i spent i spent a little time while i gypsied around the united states in my younger years jumping around from uh, state to state uh, my dad's from ca- california actually originally los angeles Ah, uh, Chris Hardwick got his start. Ryan Seacrest. Those were West Coast guys, you know. Chris Hardwick got his start on K Rock, doing um being an intern. I actually remember listening to Chris Hardwick and like I well, not I wasn't alive, but I, well, I was alive, but I was a child. Um, but I I have old tapes. I collected tapes. I collected radio tapes, guys. I didn't get laid for years, <laughs> but I remember collecting old radio tapes. Um, of when Chris Hardwick was a, was a, was a damn intern at K rock, um, getting Bono from YouTube, a coffee whenever he needed it. So anyway, um, what is this show going to be? Well, this show is going to be a lot of things. I like talking. I I like talking a lot, as you can tell, I've been talking for the last 500 beats. Um, but I like talking. I like, I like listening to people talk too. um, so we're going to have interviews, got a pretty good interview. We just had NFL free agency. Um, I'm having my buddy EJ from the Whiskey and Whiskers podcast on later um, in this episode to talk about the first week of NFL free agency, break that down, uh, discuss all that. Um, bad audio on that interview on my end was having some technical difficulties, but EJ sounds great. He's a good talker and you're gonna, you guys are going to love that. And uh, definitely listen to this podcast as well. Uh, but we're also gonna do. You know, I like talking about sports. I like talking about music. I like talking about movies, food, news of the day, uh, and stories. I like to tell stories too. I've got a lot of stories, so um, we're gonna be doing that, and I'll be having my cavalcade of ne'er do well friends jumping in and out, and you know, we're gonna keep you guys entertained. So, uh, yeah, follow follow along with me on my own little radio journey. Um, but we are going to have EJ on here in just a tick. I do want to talk about, I guess I'll talk, i just, I guess I'll hop into my first, um, topic here. Topics, topics. Um, so as I'm recording this, uh, the number one story in sports, March is a great time for sports. We got March madness, NASCAR is picking up, up a big NASCAR guy. Um, uh, we've got everything, you know, ba- basketball's kind of getting into this basketball season's heating up into the playoffs. NHL's heating up into the playoffs. Like it's just so much March is such a wonderful time for sports. Uh, you get spring training. It's, it's so great, but nothing. And I'm telling you this, the king of sports media is the NFL and whoever in the NFL can make the biggest story. They they reign. They reign as king. I don't really want to talk about it. I, hip, hypocrisy, thy name is D-Man. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, so... God, do I hate Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been holding for the past, I'll say, three or four years, five years maybe, Aaron Rodgers has been holding the Green Bay Packers hostage, and they have not a lot to show for it during that time, and it's honestly a despicable thing. That being said... Well, I say despicable. I mean, at the end of the day, he's just doing his job. They negotiated a price. He won the negotiation and he, they are paying for his services. But every year they go back and forth. He talks about, oh, I'm going to retire. Maybe I'm not going to retire. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then they back the Brinks truck up to him and fill his pool. I assume it's a bean shaped pool. Fill his bean shaped pool with a ton of money. And, and he goes out, and he plays, and they lose in the playoffs. And last year, they didn't even make the playoffs. When he was holding one franchise hostage in Green Bay, it was a huge news story. But now, he's holding two franchises hostage. He's holding Green Bay, which has a media market the size of Aaron Rodgers' bean-shaped pole, and he's holding New York hostage, the la—the media capital of the world. Is it the media capital of the world anymore? Do people even care about New York City? I kind of, I live in upstate New York. I hate New York City, but whatever. So <clears throat> Jets, Packers trying to work out a trade. They're at this standstill. People have announced that Rodgers is a Jet. And then Rodgers says, well, I'm not a Jet yet. And the Jets say, well, he's a Jet, but mm, not yet. But we're going to hire all of his other guys that he wanted us to hire the offensive coordinator, the the wide receivers, the tight ends, that he, Mercedes Lewis is still in the league. I'll tell you that. You know what? Here's one thing. Here's one good thing about Aaron Rodgers. He's a good friend because he's making sure that Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb still have jobs. They should be in a retirement home. God, their knees can't work. I'm 32. My knees don't work and I don't play football. For Christ's sake. So anyway, he gets what he wants. I have a daughter. Long story short, I have a daughter. She's two years old. I don't believe there are any adults in the room in New York or in Green Bay. Because what Aaron Rodgers is doing is the exact same thing my daughter does when she wants to watch baby shark videos for three hours. She runs up to me and she says, Dada, doo-doo, Dada, doo-doo. And I'm saying, no, honey, Dada's doo-dooing right now in the toilet. (laughs) That was gross. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm not going to work blue for God's sakes. But anyway, she runs up to me. She and Aaron Rodgers are the same thing. Aaron Rodgers is running up to Green Bay management, New York management, money, money, and nobody's saying no. Somebody please say no. This is what's going to happen. He's going to go. He's going to play for the Jets. They're going to squeak into the playoffs, probably wildcard. They're going to lose. They're going to lose the Chiefs to the Bills. Done. And then he's going to say, oh, I'm going to retire. Oh, no, I'm not going to retire. Well, maybe if the Jets give me 20 million more dollars, 20 million, pff, maybe if they give me 70 more million dollars, I'll play again. It's ridiculous. Anyway, we're going to get into this interview here with uh, EJ. Um, but first, a message from our sponsors. All right. and Welcome to The Void with the D-Man Hotline. I've got EJ Clounder, host of uh, his own little football podcast called Whiskey and Whiskers or Whiskers and Whiskey?
0: Whiskers and whiskeys.
1: I always get the two mixed up. That's okay. Uh, You guys talk about football, right?
0: We do. We talk about uh, college football, uh, primarily the rivalry trophies uh, that come with all the fun rivalries in college football.
1: And you drink booze while you do it, right?
0: We do, of course. So we try to have a theme. That's the whiskeys part of uh, the name. Uh, The whiskers comes from um, myself and my co-host, our Bearded Gentleman. Um, but yeah, so we try to have some sort of cocktail, uh, usually involving whiskey, that's somewhat related to uh, the trophy or the two schools that we were talking about for that episode.
1: I was listening to I Remember Your Episodes by the cocktail and not the rivalries. So my favorite one is the Boilermaker one, where you guys were drinking Boilermakers. And that was Purdue and... um. um
0: I don't remember which one that would have been. That could have been the old well, Oaken bucket. It could have been Purdue, Indiana. It could have been, um, I'm trying to think of the other ones that Purdue is. That was so long ago. That was early in season one. That
1: was, well, yeah, that was also great because by the end of that episode, you guys, you could definitely uh, realize you guys were drinking Boilermakers. Was-
0: <laughs> yeah. This is
1: a fantastic episode.
0: Yeah, my that's like one of the first things that go is like my speech. So, um, (laughs) yeah, that happens. Oh, it might have been the Purdue Cannon. Yeah, it was probably the Purdue
1: Cannon, actually. It was, it was the Purdue Cannon. Yeah, but great, great episode. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, make sure to check out uh, podcast. You'll get a chance to plug here in a minute. I want to talk to you about some NFL free agency. That's what we're dealing with right now. That's the big stuff in the news. And uh, I like football, you like football and uh this free agency cycle the illegal tampering period which why does it even matter anymore we already know who's going where in february <laughs> the illegal tampering period was a uh, uh a big blow and then our first day of free agency had some pretty interesting news couple quarterbacks moved around so i just wanted to get your uh get your opinion on a couple things sure you look at a guy yeah you look at a guy Derek Carr to the to the Saints makes all the sense in the world, right? That is a coaching staff that they um, they have a history with uh, reliable veteran quarterbacks. They did well with Andy Dalton. They did well with James Winston, obviously with Drew Brees. A lot of that staff was there with Brees and Peyton. Dennis Allen was there for that uh, year without Peyton. Carr makes all the sense in the world. That's probably my favorite signing so far just to mesh with. What does raise a question is, what are the Raiders thinking? Because when you lose your franchise quarterback and you're not you don't have the team to go and wreck the playoffs, your move is normally let's let's go value, let's go cheap, let's just get through next season, rank up these draft picks, or let's make a splash, let's get our guy, let's get Rogers, let's get whoever let's go let's go chop as much wood as possible. What do you make of that with Jimmy G? It's not an upgrade. It's not a downgrade. It's a slight downgrade. What do you make of that? So
0: that's a good question. I was just actually looking at his
1: contract.
0: Um, It was 65
1: mil for three years, I believe.
0: Yeah. So the average cap hit is 30 or 24 million. Uh, It's confusing. To be honest with you it's one thing to take a veteran quarterback um uh, but this one that that's probably too much to really put him on the bench like behind a rookie um so i i did hear reports that uh i i heard huh i heard reports i don't have sources i uh i read <laughs> i read people sorry that came off like you know I'm, I'm like an insider here i'm not um i read reports that said that the raiders were actually uh, in contact with the bears to go up to one. And honestly, the, the difference between their two, I think they offered very similar packages, but they didn't have, uh, the DJ Moore. um, obviously Devonta Adams wasn't going to be in the cards there. And I, uh, his contract was probably too large anyway, but I think this was like a reaction to them missing out on that. Because if you're sitting at seven, you're looking at what quarterbacks are going one and two. And then the Cardinals said that they're, um, you know, open for business at three. And then the Colts are definitely taking quarterback at four. So maybe it's one of those situations where they felt like they didn't want to get the third or fourth best rookie. So then they decided that they were just going to take a swing at a guy. That's just average. The question becomes, yeah. Why get rid of car to then pick up Garoppolo? I mean, that's a good question, but I feel like that was probably plan B. (laughs) Well, also
1: Mark Davis doesn't like he you know he doesn't like to draft the quarterbacks in the first round either, right? He likes to he likes to get the big personality players and um and he, there's going to be guys. There's going to be Le- Levis is going to be there. There's a good chance that Richardson will be there. There's going to be guys.
0: No chance at 7? No mm-hmm. chance. That dude could go first overall. No chance. Levis well, might be there.
1: Levis, Levis will certainly be, there. I actually kind of think that by the time the commanders are on the clock, they have a very tough decision to make when it comes to Will Levis, but at 16, but the, uh, but it, it just, it, it, Jimmy G at the point of his career, he plays well enough where he'll beat out a rookie and he's costly enough. I just, it's just something that I don't get. And that actually kind of leads into my second question for you. With you know, you look at free agency so far this season, none of the big guys, none of the big names have signed a deal. You've got a lot of teams getting good quality, low-profile character character guys for really good value deals you know you've got a lot of offensive linemen so far you've got a lot of you're you're looking at a lot of these like three year 20 million backup quarterback was a huge thing this week everybody it's almost as if people were more interested in getting backup quarterbacks than they've ever been interested in getting starting quarterbacks you've got teams that just can't find the guy they're going out and get their backup quarterback Taylor Heineke to the Falcons Jacoby Brissett to the Commanders uh, you got Gardner Minshew today. Went to the Colts. I know a lot of people make the argument that the backup quarterback is the second most important position on the field. I will never understand a fan base being excited by backup quarterbacks. But and, and that's coming from a Commanders fan. But um, but you know you see all these deals coming out. Why do you think so many teams are focusing on let's get the value, let's forego these big names, the Bobby Wagners of the world, all these guys who are going to be big money, let's get the value role players?
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things at play here. You have, first and foremost, I don't know that this is a great free agency class. So I think what's been a recent trend is in the past, Teams, it, it's, you know, not every team's going to re-sign their players. It, it happens. Obviously, the good players usually get tagged or extended, you know, uh, a la, um, well, what's what's your boy's name in, in Washington? I keep thinking Allen, but it's not Allen. Um, Duran,
1: Duran Payne.
0: Payne. So, yeah. But they worked so- out a deal right that's what i'm saying so he wasn't he yeah. wasn't that was that was a big prize you know big ticket yeah. prize that people were excited for that never made it to the market so that always ends up happening but even more so i think a lot of teams are trading away those players a year before and getting value so that's your aj browns um you're starting as Devonte adams right like you're starting to see more and more teams trading players a year before they go to free agency to just get something for them. So I think that probably also uh, affects that overall free agency market. But I mean, I also think teams are potentially just getting smarter. Like the teams that win in March, win in March, usually don't win in January. So I think it's the best route to go if it's possible. Obviously, every team's different and in a different stage. But it's really to build through the draft and then just plug in your missing pieces, you know, here and there in free agency. Like you don't necessarily want to get in the business of like paying for your foundational pieces. Like you want to maybe keep the ones you draft, but ideally you want to draft that. So, I think it's probably the combination of just free agents in the market now aren't what they used to be because teams are either trading them or keeping them, and then I think it's just a combination of teams watching failed Uh, big spending classes in free agency and thinking uh, maybe we should pause you know maybe we should consider things
1: you brought up uh you 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 mentioned teams are getting smarter that's honestly I believe that's why Lamar Jackson that's why we're we're stuck in the stalemate with Lamar Jackson teams are looking at him and saying well do I want to pay him record-breaking money and lose two of my firsts or do I want to pay him record-breaking money, let the world know what I was willing to pay him just to let the Ravens take it? You know, like it's, it, you know, it's such a, I mean, it's not. I was going to say double-edged sword, but it's not a double-edged sword. It's it's a damned if you don't, damned if you don't for Lamar. And I feel really bad for the guy because he deserves the money. If anybody does, it's him. But I don't
0: know. I, I, yeah, I've, I've talked with you offline about this. I think there's more to it. <laughs> Like, there's no way they are so you we just got done talking about all of these desperate teams. And while the price tag for him in terms of what he wants and what you'd have to give up for him is 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 high. Don't get me wrong. Like, but the fact that none of these needy teams, not even the fact that none of these needy teams like just didn't even negotiate or talk to him, it's the fact that they immediately Immediately said, Nope, 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 we're not interested. Uh, give me a break, right? For the Falcons, the Commanders, all these teams, the Colts that are struggling or have like pretty good teams but need a quarterback. And none of them are even going to try and say, Hey, Lamar, what about this number? What about that number, right? Like, if I were to tell you that Justin Herbert was transition tagged and it was the same concept, he wants fully guaranteed $200 million and you have to give up two first round picks. I think there's going to be quite a few teams that are inquiring about him. At least it's just inquiring. I'm not saying they have to do it, but like, I don't know. I, I think something's up here. Like you, you can feel a certain way about Lamar, but the bottom line is the guy is at, at least top half of the league quarterback. And there are a lot of desperate oh, top, teams. Yeah. Right. that, that is yeah. that. So I, and I don't the know. Beauty I, of, I think something's the,
1: going on. The beauty of his style of play is – you can plug it in. You you can you can cater an offense around it pretty quickly. Like you don't, you know, like Rogers, like like Aaron Rodgers, for example. Which I'm not even going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I'm so tired of that guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, you need him. Plus, he needs a line. He needs you know, with with Lamar, you can slap dash put together something and win. Um, a personality I do want to actually talk about. This one surprised me. You have Ezekiel Elliott being cut last night by the Cowboys. Yeah, that sounds surprising. Well, hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you have Ezekiel Elliott being cut by the Cowboys, and I actually do find it surprising, and I'll tell you why. Ezekiel Elliott's still a good running back. He's not the one. He's not the number one, right? But he's still a good running back. He is an excellent pass blocker that is not when he's lined up as a center but he's an excellent pass blocker and he has gotten better coming out of the coming out of the backfield doing those sweep receptions and things like that if there's a team that he fits on it's Dallas because you have a number one quality running back you've got a good offense he fits in a thunder and lightning role and that is the perfect team What I don't understand is you don't go, you know, if you're Jerry Jones, who loves Ezekiel Elliott, and we all know all owners are different and owners want to win and make money, but that owner specifically wants to keep his guys. You don't go to him and say, hey, let's, let's rework this. We need the cap space, but you're still our guy. Like we want you to retire a cowboy. Um, I just don't get that. I I mean, I think he has great value. I don't know what that value is. And I also don't really see a lot of other teams being able to use him where we'll be able to see this Ezekiel Elliott redemption story.
0: I have two things for you, Danny. There's a These are two rules I live by, okay? First, you do not take a quarterback in, or the, a running back in the first round. You don't. <laughs> and you especially don't take one in the top five, top ten. It's just... There's no value in it. And the second thing is you never pay a running back the second time around. Don't do it. You just keep replacing them. You keep replacing them. You keep replacing them. In Zeke's case, he's old. His numbers the last three years have just continued to drop every year he has all the tread and wear on the tires he hasn't been healthy i mean tony pollard uh, like that's the greatest example what was a guy like a fifth or sixth round pick and he was their number one and is if you were to ask any team right now who would you rather have pollard or elliott i mean there's a reason why the dallas cowboys tagged one and cut the other um I, i i just think in general yes ezekiel when he was new and fresh and you know uh and his first contract was fantastic, but like very rarely do running backs after that initial contract continue to do well. Sure. There are some examples here, but for a guy that can't really catch the ball, right? So he's not a, th- a real threat. Like he can in a pinch, but he's not a threat. He, his numbers have gone down drastically yards per carry, uh, hasn't been healthy, was fat, and out of shape, what two seasons ago. Right. Uh, it's not surprising to me. And uh, at a running back his age, like uh, he's not going to provide much value to another team. Sure. If you, if you want to put him in a rotation with one or two guys, you know, maybe even a third guy and he's your short yardage person. Sure. But to expect him to all of a sudden be spectacular, it just doesn't happen. Like Adrian Peterson is that guy and that's it. <laughs> like no was, one else. I was
1: about to say, there's. Right. Pro- I could probably name you five. Guys within the last 20 years who were somewhat effective nearing the age 30 P- AP. Um, and Emmett Smith did play well into into his older ages. Uh, yeah, Bettis, 30 years AB. ago. And uh, isn't Derrick Henry older than. Um, Elliott.
0: Um, I don't think so, but that's also a great example of a guy that is not a first
1: round pick sure true but that's also uh another thing about elliot lot of thing about uh henry is a lot of people forget that they didn't really play him a lot his first year or so and then he just he had he had a really great I think, it was, I think it was his third season he had a really that's when he had his explosion um but uh eddie george would be the other guy who later in life was still very valuable maybe lt as well in the last 20 years i would say yeah, but that's it. They're past that. You don't have a lot of guys nearing the age thirty that are reasons their team are winning. And I don't think that Ezekiel is the reason teams win, uh, team is winning. But I, I definitely think, especially I love his pass blocking ability, and I love his short yardage. But and I, and a guy like Dak needs every block possible.
0: <laughs> Right. But I mean, as you kind of said, like sure, you can try and rework a contract, but there's only so much you can do. And right now the guy signed uh, in twenty nineteen a ninety million dollar extension like that. That is no, no, hell no, no. Like Yeah. It's it was dumb. And now they're suffering the consequences of doing that. So well,
1: you know, I just wish those con those consequences were more dire. Um I mean we're all but, really broken
0: up that the Cowboys are, you know, just middling, you know, or do oh, have man. really great regular seasons and then, you know, poop
1: the bed. I tell you how it angers me that the last two seasons they've made at the playoffs and I just hate I, I I hate having to watch Skip Bayless say, This is the Cowboys year every year. <laughs> and he's and he's been right the last two years. They made the playoffs and my team keeps breaking quarterbacks' legs or hiring Carson Wentz. I can't believe it.
0: Yeah, I mean, but after a while, just making the playoffs and then continuously getting disappointed, you know, probably wears on you, yes. too. I'm sure if you ask Cowboys fans how happy they are about losing in the first round all these years, probably would say not very.
1: Well, I'd like to just see one win. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, EJ, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us today. It was, uh, it was awesome. You're my first interview. Congratulations. Um, do you have any plugs for us?
0: Yeah, sure. So just check out our podcast, uh, Whiskers and Whiskies. So it's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, right now, we're kind of in uh, the off season. We'll we'll pick up again in uh, the fall for college football, but we also have a little special project that we're hoping to uh, release in May. Um, and so also to keep up to date with our various uh, episodes or our new uh, project that we're going to announce probably pretty shortly here. Uh check us out on Instagram at whiskers.whiskeys
1: That's fantastic. All right. EJ, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, buddy. Yep. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. Thank you to EJ Clowender for hanging out with us. God, that was great. What a good talker. Well everybody, uh that's it. That's the first episode. I really appreciate you guys coming out to listen. Um It was, uh, it was awesome having you next week. Uh, it's a good one. We're going to be doing the void movie club. Uh, me and my buddy, Alex, he's a big movie fan, good talker as well. We're going to be sitting down talking about, uh, a couple of movie selections. Uh, the way it works is he chooses a movie. I choose a movie. We discuss his, we discuss mine, we rank them. And, uh, you know, we'll have this compilation list that, uh, That pops up and down for, you know, different movies and things. And you guys, I want you guys to watch along. I want you guys to watch the movies as well. So for next week, make sure to watch uh, Alex's selection is Legal Eagles 1986, directed by Ivan Reitman, starring Robert Redford. Uh, It says it's a comedy. I don't know about that. Um, And then my selection is 1997, I believe, Hard Eight, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, a feature... Uh his feature debut uh starring Philip Baker Hall, John C. Riley, and uh, a very young Gwyneth Paltrow. so we're gonna be watching those two movies talk about it, talk about a l- little bit of movie news. It'll be fun. Take it easy, guys.